Hi there and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree and Squarespace and we will tell you all about them later. For now, I am Steve Lubitz and I am joined as always by the games boss of Giant Space Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bray? I'm message from the future. I've come back in time <laughs> from the future to warn everyone out there. The future of the human race but really 16 of your dollars is on the line and I need to warn you not to buy Final Fantasy 7 for your iPhone. It's really bad and oh. I was so excited about this and I kept checking the Apple store for it to come through and it is so bad guys. It is so terrible. It is so oh. So like you push a direction on your walking stick and like it's not speed corrected. So it's like an old <laughs> DOS game that plays way too fast. It's like boom. You're hitting a wall, and they hit back, and boom, you hit another wall. So, and it's like, you know, they adjusted the levels, so you could, like, automatically level up to level 99 and just play the story, which sounds great, until you realize that the story isn't speed-corrected either, so it just flies past <laughs> further than you can process it or read it. It is terrible. So it's so, just, it just, like, the text just flies past the screen, and that's it's, it? It's really bad. Yeah, like all the <laughs> events. So maybe if you're running it on iPhone 1, it would be okay, I guess. But don't buy this game. Save your $16. Save yourself. I'm going to pull out my iPod Classic and see if it'll run on there. Yeah, you should. You should. I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic. And awesome. I'm always happy when we, are, when we are recording. Are you truly happy, though? <laughs> I am. There's no way to know. There's, just There's no, no way. I think he might be lying. Steve is a cipher. You know, I don't know. Always happy when we're recording. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a complicated person by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so we also have an uh, editor from the Mary Sue, uh, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great. And I don't have any warnings because I didn't try anything new this week. I just stayed in my own comfortable gaming bubble as always <laughs> and did not venture outside of it at all. And that's why I'm happy. That's why I'm in a good mood. I have a new Maddie Myers nickname. Oh. <laughs> I worked on it, yeah. Ooh. But Maddie Max Myers is already so good. How it's could you really beat good. that? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. It's not as good as that. Uh, so, but it's like a it's a alternative one for it's alternative. It's I really want. not very good. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> now <with> you're you <laughs> upsold yeah. it, and then now you're. It's yeah. for an alternate timeline where it's where Bree has not come up with Maddie Max Myers. <laughs> okay, right, fair right. enough. It's Madlock. <laughs> oh, I've never seen Matlock, though, so I don't even know if that's a compliment or not. But I assume it is. Well, aren't you a senior citizen that wears white suits and is always arguing to, like, restore rights of senior citizens? If I'm going to be a famous senior citizen, I would prefer to be J.B. Fletcher, if possible. But no, but Matlock is funnier. It kind of reminds me now I see you as a Simpsons character. Yeah, I could see, Ma I could see Grandpa Simpson watching you on television. Exactly, because he always talked about watching Matlock, so... Okay. Okay, we we have to say this because like life is strange is a topic on this week's show. Maddie, the whole time playing that game, like it's you. Like if you play <laughs> Maddie if you play Revolution sixty, like that's essentially playing a game about me. This is a game that is about you. Like you are Max. Like yeah. your your vocal inflections and your mannerisms. I guess you're blonde, which is kinda different, but it really is like a game about you in a way that's yeah. disturbing. Yeah. I I definitely felt that way about the earlier episodes not as much as the game goes along because yeah. she does some stuff i wouldn't do but like <laughs> that was why i liked the first episode so much was because i was like wow she seems like 
me as a teenage girl. And like, I kept journals like that for sure, which is why I became a journalist later because I liked journaling and all that stuff so much. But um, yeah, she keeps a lot of journals in the game and like takes photos and does a lot of uh, collectory nerd stuff that I used to do. So (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I have in my pockets right now? Can you use your rewind time powers to find that out? I mean, I wouldn't reveal to you if I had those powers. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Maybe if we like went to a diner together and I needed to like reveal to one friend. Yeah, you could right. have already told her and then gone back in time and then for and then not told her. Yeah, that's true, Brie. What if I told you and then it went wrong and so I decided to change it? But mm. loss says time is like a river. You know, you can't truly alter anything. Like you can pick a pebble up, but this, you're not going to change the, the direction of the stream. Well, I think that Life is Strange clearly is not operating on lost (laughs) (laughs) logic unless episode five is really disappointing, which could still happen. (laughs) Anyway, there's a fourth person on this show. We have to go back, Maddie. We have to go back. We have to go back to when you were doing introductions, Steve. Uh, (laughs) Oh, nice one. So we also have a psychotherapist and senior editor at iMore.com and a conqueror of sharks, uh, Georgia Dow. Welcome back, Georgia. We missed you last week thank you i actually jumped the shark <laughs> is that true did you jump over a shark you know they they take us out in this boat i've always wanted to do shark diving um and uh they take us out in this boat it's a really small boat and then i see the cage it's a really small cage like a finitely little tiny cage and i'm like oh and uh then he goes well we don't actually use the cage usually <laughs> I'm like oh okay it's like usually two people are in the cage if they're really scared and then everyone kind of like swims around. And so I, I, I didn't use the cage. I just swam around sharks in the water while we fed them, which is probably not the smartest of things. But it was absolutely awesome. It was an amazing experience. And I got to see uh, bull sharks and sand sharks and silkies. They're tiny. So it was, it was a pretty neat experience. Did you punch any sharks in the nose? You know what? I thought about that, like, because I was like, what happens if it starts coming, coming, like the sharks get too close to you? And he's like, you mm-hmm. just stare them down. <laughs> what? Wow. Really? That's, that's intense. Really? None of this sounds real. <laughs> None of what you said sounded real at all. all at real. all. A hundred percent. Did you take photos? I mean, photos I can photos. be can be doctored. There, I, so I really... saw fo- some photos on Twitter. There was yeah, photographic yeah, I have evidence. Photos. Um, That's Photoshop. That's Photoshop. None of this happened. There's a video where you see my legs in like curled up body. Like you don't actually see my face with the sharks because we're so busy looking at the sharks. So I had that, and it was it was awesome. Like it was just really really cool. They're not like wild rabid dogs. They really are much more skittish, and they notice that we're people. You can tell that they're like, oh wait a second, and they walk. Like they're not there to they walk. They, well, they swim away from us kind of skittishly. They're Are not... you sure you weren't watching Jabberjaw? <laughs> I'm positive. I'm positive. So, so, Georgia, like, this is why I can't figure out. So did you take your mad Squarespace slash hover slash, you know, money from last week's episode and just, like, decide not to record isometric and just went to Florida on that money? Is that what happened? Because, like, maybe I should get in on this scam, you know? I thought that I would be able to record in between. We were going to be in Orlando and, and... at that point in time. Um, and I thought that I was going to be able to record 
there, but the the Wi-Fi uh, and my SIM connection, it was like on E. It was really, really sketchy. Um, when I went back to West uh, Boca, I did it mostly Orlando and Boca, it was, it was great. So I could have done it there. So I'm sorry. Have you ever seen one of those spy movies where like the person can't tell you they're a spy and then like <laughs> things come up? Like, you know, diving with sharks, and yeah. they can't really talk about it, and they come up with lame excuses. So George is like Mrs. Smith, is that what you're saying? Yeah, or like Sydney on Alias or something, yeah. Uh, George, I have an important question for you, though. Did it, you, at any point while you were on this boat, say to the captain, I think we're going to need a bigger boat? Someone actually did. It wasn't me. I wish he it was. He probably hears that like every time. He, he probably takes hears the boat it all out. the time. George yeah. is way more clever than that. Yeah. She could, yeah. Come on. She could, I was yeah. just so excited. I, I just kept on thinking, oh my God. You know, that was it. I just kept on thinking, oh my God, this is so cool. She probably like said something. She got in the, the water, like down there with no cage. And then like she goes, now who's the shark? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like yeah. for me. Yeah, 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 you totally said But it just me. came out as like bubbles <laughs> to the fish because I'm underwater. Yeah. Before we get to talking about video games, uh, we so at the very end of last week's show, we talked about your South by Southwest uh, panel voting, Brie, but you want yep. do you want so you have three oh, panels God. that you're um oh, that God. that you're vote that you've opened up yeah. voting for and the voting yeah. is still going on, right? Yeah. Um so I was on CNBC this week about the the way that like, you know, I have a swarm of hornets following me around for my entire professional career like sabotaging everything in sight so there's a active thing going on right now to like sabotage my voting for south by southwest so if isometric listeners would care to follow the links in the show notes and help up to like counter all this nonsense i would really appreciate that brie you didn't say that strong enough Isometric listeners, we need you. Go on, vote. Help us out. Do it right now. You can just pause the recording, go do it, and then come back and, like, you know, thank you. Thank you, Georgia. I mean, the stuff I'm talking about is, like, uh, emotional gameplay in VR. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with Gamergate. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, Anita Sarkeesian has this quote. It's like being cast as the supervillain in someone else's life, you know? And that's what it feels like. So, (laughs) What is your outfit is then what my next question as a supervillain. And also the the, the mountain, you know, lair. Now I see Brie with a cape. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that riding on the motorcycle. Red I could see that. You don't wear yeah. motorcycles on a, a capes on a motorcycle because it gets stuck in the wheel rear. Yeah, wheel you got to stick with a leather dog. jacket. You are yeah. so cool. You can actually do it. No one else could. Okay, <laughs> but you could. There's laser beams. It's good. Don't okay. do it, Bree. It sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> a doctor or a clinician said it was okay. I'm going to follow this professional <laughs> advice. Yeah. Yeah. Know really quickly, the other thing is that uh, we're we're putting together a survey because we want to make sure that we're talking about the things that um, that you you all want us to talk about, and we're making the best show that we can for you. So we put together. Maddie actually worked worked her fingers to the bone putting together a. <laughs> she has uh, no longer a any survey. fingers. She actually just Only has. Like, I nubs. regrew my fingers Wolverine style after <laughs> making this cool. survey for you all. So first, you're going to go vote for Breeze panels for South by. That's and more then, important. 
if you have, that is more important, but if you have some extra time after that and you want to help us out with something, uh, it's at survey.isometricshow.com, right, Steve? Yep, is that's that it. it survey.isometricshow.com. Yeah. You can't make it any easier than that. So. Yeah, and it's, it's um, survey. sort of like a more methodical approach to all of the dozens and dozens of contradictory emails we got when we asked for <laughs> feedback, which were all really great, but all of them contradict each other. So we would like to actually hear from you which segments are your favorite and which segments you'd like to hear more of and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, check and it out. It's really short yeah. and you can do it in a couple minutes and we would appreciate it. So, I mean, Yay. it's all about making the show better for the listeners. Cause we really do sit here. Like Steve and I had a really long talk this week. Um, like Skylanders had some news come out where they're kind of moving towards a hearthstone like game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're sitting there going, well, does our audience want to hear news for parents? Do they, do they not? And like, we, we can kind of guess what you want, but it would certainly be easier for us if you would just kind of tell us what kind of subjects that you like. And then we have more of a data driven methodology because yeah. we're all nerds here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, we want to talk about the things that are interesting to us. We want to make sure they're interesting to you too. So, right. right. Yeah. I mean, if you all vote that you want to hear us talk about something that we don't care about, then we'll probably just be like, oh, well, like we'll 100% of our listeners yeah. want us to talk about cheese. Okay. <laughs> I can talk for a little bit about cheese. Well, you could vote for that if you want. It's not on yeah. there, but there is a write in option. We <laughs> could all agree on cheese. I'm going to vote now. Okay, thanks, Georgia. Thanks for voting. Oh, oh, there's a very important question on this survey where you get to say and tell us if you think Georgia (laughs) would win or Mecha Godzilla would win in a fight. We don't know. We don't know. We need your help to figure that out. Yes. And we've proven that Georgia is not, in fact, a robot because the chat room let her in. So we know that it she's did. not it actually gave, a robot. It gave the question is, are you a robot? And then I clicked. But there was no that you're not. If you were actually a robot, you'd still have to click. There was only one button to click. So that's because robots can't use mice. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, OK, right, let's get to it. All right. Trackpad. Trackpad. Can they use trackpad? What is happening? OK. I don't know. Anyway, video games. So <laughs> the first news that we want to talk about this week is that uh, there is a new crowdfunding platform that just launched called Fig, which is uh, being founded by Justin Bailey, who is formerly of Double Fine and is being backed by uh, Fergus Ukehart. And I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right or not, uh, hopefully. And Brian Fargo and Tim Schaefer. And... They're trying to address some of the problems that have come up with uh, the rash of Kickstarter campaigns uh, for funding independent video games. One of the things that they're really trying to address is that when you contribute to a campaign, you don't have any stake in the campaign as a backer beyond receiving the game that you're backing. So what they're doing is they're making a model that is a mix of a standard crowdfunding campaign with the normal rewards, with shirts and a copy of the game and and what are their other physical rewards that they can provide. And there's also an upper tier where you can actually back the game with equity and get a cut of the game's earnings when it's released. Uh, so what they're saying is right now they're going to limit it to accredited investors who have more than a million dollars of assets, but they're going to eventually open that up to everybody. Uh, and they also have a couple of other things you're going to be doing differently, like limiting it to one or two campaigns on the site at a time so that those campaigns don't get lost in the shuffle like a lot of Kickstarter campaigns do. So, uh, And Bria, you're probably the – obviously, you're the one who would be the closest to this to this uh, arena. I mean, does this seem like something, especially having done a Kickstarter, that would appeal to you as a, as 
as something to fund your game. And would you be concerned about having having somebody who you don't know be able to purchase equity in your game from a, a campaign like this? Well, I think it would all depend on the the um you know the the legalese that's in there. Like if they don't decide if they don't like the decisions we're making, can they like pull some investor like you know revolt on it? Can they I mean I have to imagine you can't do that. And obviously if you're getting a, a cut of the game, I'm sorry, if you're getting a copy of the game, that's you know greatly going to lower the amount that you're investing in the company. Um I think this is full of win. Um we actually looked in to this because some of the names attached to it are actually uh, venture capitalists right here in Boston. So um, I didn't do it this week, but I certainly intend to go down to their office and, you know, talk to them about this model, which I, I, I'm certainly interested in. Um, you know, I think that you know, we've talked on this show about how unfair a deal it is for you, the consumer, to go invest in the Shenmue Kickstarter or the, you know, the spiritual successor to Castlevania Kickstarter. I, I think that it obviates a lot of these problems that I feel uh, exist with this Kickstarter model, which is like you're asking a crowd to accept the risk of your game. I, I think it's good in that sense that you can have people that can kind of basically do that thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar reward and and make money from it. On the other hand, I also think this is going to make people realize that, you know, investing in video games is a very risky proposition. I mean, it just is. And um, a lot of companies go out of business along the way, especially as the, the market is so saturated right now. So um, I think they're they're approaching it very smart. Um, I think only allowing a um, campaign or two at a time is very smart. And um, I think it's just, it's a really smart logical next step to crowdfunding. And I also think it's worth saying, like, you know, I'm not going to talk smack about very specific venture capitalists, but I've certainly really, can't heard... You? I, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Please, Bree, come on. I, I'm not burning. I burned so many bridges, Georgia. I <laughs> okay, can't do more no, of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that people don't understand just how much people that are publishers or partners or investors can really get in there and kind of affect a product because you know they are most interested in getting their money back, which can sometimes be a kind of short-sighted thing. On the other hand, sometimes they can step in and kind of check artistic wanderlust, you know, from people that are not worried about getting their investment back. So, you know, it's certainly a trade-off, but um, I think for the kind of games that Tim Schafer makes, it, it makes a lot of sense. What does everyone else here think? Uh, I mean, it kind of sounds like a reaction to, a good reaction to the way that Kickstarter has gotten really oversaturated with games. And I mean, I have heard a lot of people say stuff like, oh, the Kickstarter bubble is going to burst, the crowdfunding bubble is going to burst. And this sounds like an interesting answer to that suspicion. And I, that isn't to say that I necessarily think it's going to work, but I guess I would be curious what you all think people mean when they say the crowdfunding bubble is going to burst? Because when people say that, what I think is that they're implying that uh, people who play games are going to start to get tired of paying for games in this way. Well, it's not an opinion, Maddie. It's a fact. Like crowdfunding uh, models have, uh, they they obtain less money. Right. But why, though, you know? 
Well, it's exhaustion. I mean, it's the novelty is kind of worn out. I think some consumers have burned a bit. And um, I think it's it's just multifactorial, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I kind of hope for their sakes that this is different enough to combat that sense of, uh, you know, exhaustion about crowdfunding. But I I also kind of wonder whether it's going to be effective, because I think for the average person who isn't going to be one of these really high level investors, there's not a big difference there. And there are already a lot of other crowdfunding platforms, you know, like there's competitors to Kickstarter, like Indiegogo and other ones probably, and, and Patreon, obviously. So there's already all these other ways for you to support games, quote unquote. And I, I think people feel bombarded with that. So it's it's not that I think this is a bad idea. I, I actually think it's really cool from what I've read about it so far. What I'm really interested about is the higher end of funding, because like if you are sitting down and plopping down $100 for X game, your investment just doesn't matter in the grand yeah, yeah, scheme yeah. of things. It just doesn't. So the real question to me is if they can make the question of equity and return on investment make um, sense to people that are gamers to whom, you know, 10000 20000 is really not that big a deal. And they could go, like, there are a lot of Silicon uh, Valley engineers I know who, yeah, that's just not it's something they could do on a whim. So I, I think the question is if they can make the return on investment make sense for, for that level of investor, because those are the people, you know, the people, they're the big whales that go after that yeah. you know, $1,000 reward. That's kind of the tier that they're really talking about here, right? Well, what do you think about the prospect of like a handful of Silicon Valley darlings, each putting in 10 K into a future game of yours and then email, you and being like, well, Brianna Wu, here's my opinion on what you should put in your game. Like, wouldn't that wrangle you a bit? Because I mean, it's <laughs> it's I, I fully expect to I fully expect to do it with investors as GSX is moving forward with a, a rather ambitious expansion. So um, I think you're you get you get unpleasantness no matter how you fund your yeah, game. But yeah, but it's a little different when it's one one investor who you might disagree with and make compromises with, but they're putting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line yeah. versus somebody who put what they perceive as a lot of money, like 10K or 20K, but in the grand scheme, maybe it isn't, but it's still kind of important. You know what I'm saying? That does sound like an interesting problem for game developers to have to deal with, but but not not necessarily a bad problem. I don't know. I think it's going to depend on um, really the structure of the legal agreement. You know, like if I go, I invested in Shenmue, right? So if I go and write them, they don't have to listen to my opinion at all. I hope they will. I honestly <laughs> expect this to be kind of the same thing. I, I fully expect the legalese to, you know, make you abrogate your rights to, you know, exude creative control over the product. I fully expect that. I mean, one thing that they did say in the in the interview is that the people who donated the most in at least as far as Broken Age and Massive Chalice were the ones who exerted the least amount of asking for direction in the game because they were the ones who were most bought into it. I don't know if that changes when you're actually expecting a return on investment as opposed to just expecting a copy of the game. But they do say that there's none of the equity investors are going to be able to have any 
any input into the game if the creator doesn't want it, which will, I mean, that all the legally is all, is all really what it comes down to, I suppose, but that's what they're saying at least. But, you know, you know, Steve, Tim, Tim Schaefer is more of a, a known quantity, right? right? Yeah. Like you kind of know what Tim Schaefer is going to deliver and, you know, that kind of unexpected delight of what you're going to get. Like once upon a monster, has anyone else here played it? Yeah, I mean, I it's have. a truly delightful game. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, he might i think that he might be a statistical outlier do you know what i mean because i i suspect that if you're more of an unknown quantity like say a gsx um i i would imagine you would get a lot more feedback about that i i agree fully i think that the all of the legal standing would say that people don't have a right this is saying that you you're paying for a bit of revenue you're not paying to have a a legal say in what happens with the game and so you're not which is would be horrible and and slow down the process you know, um, you know, you as with everyone, anyone can send an email to any game developer with any ideas and suggestions <laughs> that they think are good. You know, and some may be used. That most will of them happen won't. regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whether you've paid or not, I, I feel compelled to say at this point, like it, it. It is good, generally speaking, for game developers to listen to their consumers. I was I was praised today at Worldcon. I heard about this later uh, for like hearing feedback about the body types in Revolution sixty and doing something about it. Um, I actually had a right wing journalist write me this week that works for a site a lot of people don't like, but you know had some really interesting suggestions about um, access for disabled gamers. And you know I may not agree with him politically, but I'm certainly going to give him a copy of you know the PC version to see if he has feedback about you know letting people with disabilities play it. So I do think it's it's a good practice for any developer to to take that feedback and hear it. Yeah, I agree. But I, I also do think it's funny that like this isn't the first time I've heard a developer tell me that the feedback that they get the most often is from people who spent like $1 (laughs) and that person will send them like 10 emails being like, um, can you just change this hat and make it purple? Because I really would prefer, Oh, I don't really like that color that you just changed it to. Could you just quickly get in there? Like that is the first. So anyway, I just, I just think that's kind of funny. And, and I, I don't think that that's going to change probably because it's been a pattern that I've heard about from developers for so long now that, it probably there is some truth to the theory that somebody who invests a lot of money probably already trusts you as an artist <laughs> and and already really believes in your work so and the person who spent one dollar maybe doesn't trust you <laughs> do, you, do you know how i read that um have you ever been out to dinner with someone who is just really rude and condescending to a waiter do, do you know what oh, i'm talking yeah. about and that's always such a bad sign of their personality. Yeah, it is. But I've always read that is the people that I've seen do that and be terrible to, you know, server staff at a restaurant. I've always read that is people that use a little bit of money to get control and that that control and respect that they feel they demand in that situation is the psychological driving factor of that. So that's kind of how I've always read those people because I get them too. People that, you know, just invested a little bit, they're yelling at me about XYZ, about Rev60. So I don't know. I think it's, I think you just can't win with those people. Yeah, yeah. 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 
I think the the one thing that's really interesting, just from the perspective of you know someone who would back something like this, not necessarily from an equity perspective, but just someone who would be like a normal person putting in enough money to get a copy of the game, is that it solves two problems that Kickstarter doesn't deal with well, which is both being transparent about any outside investment, because we've seen a lot of these Kickstarters that are ha- setting a setting a Kickstarter amount that's low. Because mm. they're they're getting outside investment that you're not really clear about what the real budget is, and yeah. also that the advisory board vetting that this is a team that actually can is more likely to be able to follow through because there's been a, there have been enough failures or enough you know significant delays that uh, I think there's a number of people who are not excited about backing a Kickstarter because you just don't know if that thing is going to come true or not. So having some, I don't want to say adults in the room, but I guess I will, who can look at the project and see, is this really viable both for what they want to do and for how much they want to to raise in order to do it, I think gives a lot of confidence to somebody who's maybe not putting in $10,000, but maybe wants to put in $20 with the hope of getting the game soon. But these games can still fail. I mean, like, oh, yeah, they can. it's going to be interesting and maybe sad to you to kind of see how that plays out if assuming that this becomes a successful platform because i mean the kickstarter failures that have happened have continued to be really big news stories because people basically can't believe it still (laughs) when it happens um but i I think it's gonna become it it shouldn't be that unbelievable like sometimes you try to make something and it sucks (laughs) like i don't i don't know (laughs) I, I agree with that, but I think with a you know a major venture capital firm involved with it, you know, I think with being very selective about yeah, the projects yeah. that they allow to come, I yeah. I would expect the failure rate to be more commensurate with the industry average as yeah. opposed to Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean triple A triple A games fail all the you know not all the time, but the, it happens that they fail or get canceled too. You know, tons of games yeah. get canceled. I can't talk about it often. Yeah, you yeah know? I mean we so, only hear about a fraction of them, and there's probably a lot more that that die in the cradle before they even get announced. So. Yeah. yeah, but if, if this might help people understand how much games cost to oh, make, though, God, and that's yeah. something we talk about on this show all the time, like since its inception, is that people just don't understand money, like in a very basic sense, like how much of it and is needed, and I, I don't know, it, it could just be like that there's income disparity in our country. So people are like, this is a lot of money for me. And they just don't understand how much more is necessary to make a game. Yep. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. But but it's also just in the grand scheme, people don't know how long it takes to make a game and they haven't done the math on how many salaries need to be paid within that time period. So yep. this might help with that. I think that the App Store has a lot to do with people not understanding and not being willing to pay a good amount of, a fair amount of money for the amount of work that it takes to go into a game. You know, we we heard so much, there was so much press on the early successes of people that made 99 cent games and they were being pumped out so quickly to us. Um, that I, I think that people just, it, it skewed the entire market from games being, we were expecting to pay 60, you know, 50 to, to $70 for a game, and that was just normal to then people are getting them for free or for 99 cents, and that does skew the entire market to that. And so I think that it's really hard for people to understand the amount of effort, work, time, sweat, tears, and cash it takes to actually put one out to fruition. Anyway, well, on that on that note, unless anybody else has, has has any closing thoughts on that, we can end on that cheerful note. But thank you. <laughs> That's me, just to bring a little bit of sunshine back from Florida. 
this the shark stole all the sunshine clearly right exactly. uh, so uh we'll, we'll take a break and tell you that this episode of isometric is brought to you by braintree which is code for easy online payments and uh if you're a mobile app developer somebody making one of those uh one of those games for the app store maybe you can check out braintree which is the payment solution that is used by companies like uber airbnb hotel tonight living social and munchery uh braintree has made the payment experience of these apps seamless and magical and now you yes you can add a similar experience to your own app and with excellent customer service and simple integration braintree gets you ready to receive payments very very quickly braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means that you will be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth uh, braintree also is helping to solve the problem of mobile card abandonment by having a best-in-class mobile checkout experience and they make the payment in some of your favorite apps uh, seamless and magical they give you a full stack payment solution support for paypal apple pay bitcoin venmo cards and more all with one integration it comes with you across every platform and they give you fraud protection and fantastic customer service and they always pay very quickly so to learn more and for your first fifty thousand dollars in transactions free free go to wow. braintreepayments.com slash isometric and thank you very much to braintree for supporting uh isometric and all of relay.fm that's good Woo. Woo, yay <laughs> So uh, so there's a Destiny expansion coming out. Yeah, and it's the expansion that's going to finally get us all back on board, right? <laughs> well, I guess that's, here. well, I guess that's that's the question, right? Filthy Destiny casuals like ourselves <laughs> will finally be able to keep up with the great Brianna Wu as she <laughs> plunders the Icicle Castle or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> Icicle Castle? <laughs> Icicle is this, Castle? Is this Destiny or Frozen? I don't know. There's like a glass thing. It's like World of Glass or whatever Brie was saying was really hard that none Vault of us of would understand. Vault of this glass. makes me Olaf, doesn't it? It makes me Olaf. Yeah, you are Olaf. You are already Olaf. I'm, I just want to make it clear that I'm making fun of myself here, and I think Brie's really great at Destiny. I don't want anybody to misinterpret that. I, I'm actually very mediocre at first-person shooters, um, but I rely on the experts of Feminist War Cult, which are much better than me, and they very, uh, they're very happy to res me continually, which I, which I need. I, I can hold my own. I'm not that bad. Um, no. So I... I am someone who I talked a lot of smack about Destiny in our year one um, show, you know, for uh, our Game of the Year yeah. show this year. You know, I very firmly said I didn't think Destiny belonged uh, as a Game of the Year. I was flat out wrong about that. Um, I got re-addicted to Destiny when Jason Snell, another Relay host, was um, you know talking about picking it back up. And I, I tried it and I got, a, um, I got in a Feminist War Cult and they really talked me the high level of the game. Destiny is a really, really, really good game. It's just um, like the 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 stereotype about Destiny not even really being a game until level twenty is really, really true. Like you have to build the, you have to beat the game before it it comes out there. So you know, I could certainly get very esoteric and talkity about high level Destiny stuff with like you know nerfing Galahorn and you know exotic shards and you. Know, really uh you know, leveling up your gear with ascendant shards and new things like that but i think the more interesting question here is you know steve and maddie both of you looked at destiny you said no thank you you kind of burned out on it um and i think there's there's a really interesting question to me because if destiny is going to continue to you know survive as this thing that's going to bring out you know expansions every few months and you know hopefully still be a series 5 years from now they have to 
make that core part of the game accessible for you and Maddie so you can pick it up and kind of get into it. And what I think is a, a really interesting question is if you were to like magically hit level 20 tomorrow and then you're trying to figure out light and how to level up your light gear and getting ascended shards and you know iron and all these rare fragments and knowing oh I need to go through the vault of glass to get this strange coin oh I need to do the weekly nightfall on heroic to get like these rare materials it's not something that is accessible at all so I guess my question is how do they kind of make this game something that normal or new Destiny players can can get into. So this is where I'm kind of asking you, like, what do you need to give Destiny another shot? Well, personally, the thing that turned me off about it was the lack of story and the fact that the world seemed really straightforward, which is okay mm-hmm. for a game that relies on mechanics a ton. But But personally, I need a little bit more than that. That said, I have seen people talk more lately about how once you get into it the world building is kind of interesting and again this feels like something where I just need to spend more time on it and I bitterly recall that none of you were willing to finish even like five hours of Dragon Age Inquisition to tell me whether or not you thought hour 12 was any good and that's fine right. and I'm I tried so not hard, even that mad about it but it is another example of a game that I will not deny when I recommend it to people it is it's gonna take some time before you even remotely see something good about it and and I do think that's not great but that doesn't mean i'm not willing to try it i mean obviously i was willing to get past that point in dragon age inquisition and i i think the the good buzz that i've heard about the taking king might be enough for me to hop back on and at least give it another try but i'm more of a i don't know quote unquote hardcore player i'm not the casual audience that they're trying to get do you know what i mean like i'm constantly surrounded by people talking about destiny still and like um one of the people who was talking about a story recently was avb she's mammy and machine on twitter and she was talking about like the world building for the aliens and light and how she actually really liked it and her tweets about it were part of why i was like maybe I should give this a second look. Maybe I, I was mean about it and there actually is some interesting stuff in there if, if I give it a shot. I mean, like, I'll play a stupid Halo game. Like, I'm, I'll get on board. I'll get on board for some pretty stupid action hero tropes. I just need there to be something. You know what I mean? Can, can I say something about that? Um, it's lies. Like, this the story story's still bad? is crap. Okay. It's crap, and I've beaten every every mission of that entire Brie, game. Brie, you're supposed and to be convincing got, me. I, I wish she's I, honest. It gets, I like it, Brie. It gets more she's gonna be honest. Okay. She's not going like, to lie to you today. Okay, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that you respect me enough she not to lie to me. She tells it straight whether you like, like with, it or not. <laughs> like, like with Queen's Wrath, it gets... A li- like, Queen's Wrath is a good um, example of how it gets marginally better. Yeah. So, like, there's this queen that gets... Um, she's tired of just being um, attendant and giving orders and she gets more involved and like oh god i could really get nerdy right now like it's that sounds pretty <laughs> so good gets, just based on that brief abstract it gets abstract. marginally better but it's just 
It's just voiceovers while you're killing stuff that's honestly not good. Um, now, they do have Nathan Fillion coming in for the Taken King, and his, his character does seem a lot more interesting. So something I really agree with you, Maddie, is I would like to see them um, step up the story this time around. But I think it's a deliberate choice by Bungie. I really do, because the core player base really just wants to kill stuff and get new weapons. And that's just the plain truth of it. And they want to think about, like, this particular gauntlet will let me throw grenades this much quicker, which will nerf this one enemy so I can get through um, Prison of Elders. No, I do know. And, like, there are games that I play that are... I play purely because I like the mechanics. I mean, we've talked about Heroes of the Storm on the show, and I've talked about StarCraft a lot and whatnot. But So, like, it's not... But those are games where I really like the aesthetic still and... I don't know why Destiny didn't click with me, but that isn't to say that some of the new expansion materials might not finally click with me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, it's always yeah. hard to identify what does or doesn't hit my sci-fi buttons, <laughs> and it's just a right. preference thing. So I, I am definitely willing to give it another shot. I don't know. Steve, Steve see, do you man, think... This is what... Well, before we do that, like, this is what worries me, though, because all the changes that I see... Oh, I would have to like, start over. Okay. That is what I would be right. doing. Right, you would have to start over, but the, the changes that I see, it's like, what are they going to do? Okay, so your ghost shell is going to allow, like like, buffs and things like that, so you have extra weapon slots now to hold like twice the number of weapons. And what it's doing is it's not going back into that base experience of trying to get through level 20. And changing that, what it's doing is adding even more complicated mechanics <laughs> after you hit like light level 34 and beyond. And to me, that's it's it's very I would love to get the Taken King expansion and be wrong about that, but it seems to me that they're just, like, adding even more complicated stuff on top of a game that's super complicated already. Well, that never scares me. (laughs) I was doing a lot of reading, and I will tell you, by the way, it is exceedingly hard to find an article that is written in English and not Destiny's. (laughs) Um, But... I was doing a lot of reading, and it sounded like a lot of the improvements they were making were like little quality of life improvements, the kind of thing you'd ever you'd see in any like PC expansion, right? Like they're taking it's, I'm, and I'm you can explain if I'm getting this completely wrong because I don't know half the half the terms, but it sounds like they're like player versus player and player versus environment, like some sort of currency that you're earning that mm-hmm. they're combining into one currency instead of making you play per player versus player and player versus yep. environment separately and they're not making you go all the way back to uh turn in your quests they'll just let you do it from there so it sounds yep. like they're trying to streamline uh some of the stuff to make a lot of that stuff simpler to make it easier for somebody to come in and the other thing that i saw is that if you buy the expansion, they're going to give you one level boost to bring you up to like level 26 and skip all of that early game, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for a new player. Cause I don't know how much of that you need to really learn the game or if it's worth yeah, just. I think that's going to yeah. really hurt new players. Yeah. I really do. Unless they really just slow it down at level 26, because I mean, level 26 is that's, that's hard stuff. Like that expects that you understand if you're two levels lower, you're going to suffer 50% more damage. That assumes that you understand like all these really, really intricate mechanics so yeah i i don't know steve i really don't (laughs) but i guess here's here's an interesting question right so they have 20 million registered players Mm -hmm. and so they're coming out with the taken king that costs 40 dollars. it came out with what two expansions over the past year yeah is that right that Mm -hmm. cost 20 dollars a piece yep so let's say that even 
10, even half the people who are registered go forward and, and buy the Taken King. That's still $400 million, right? Yeah. Do they even, I mean, obviously they need to keep it fresh for the people who are engaged, but do they, at that point, do they even really need to care about new players or will they just get whoever these people drag in and make it good for the existing players to keep them and just keep taking their, you know, if they keep this pace up, I mean, that's two $20 expansions and one $40 expansion a year. That's enough to be able to sustain a whole franchise, right? Well, I think when you don't count in the tremendous amount of capital that they outlaid at the beginning, and I think you have to understand, like, Destiny is planned to be like an IP that's successful for five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know? So I think this question of getting it going is is a very... And, and you're right that, like, myopically, on the short end, like, they're going to be fine. The Destiny yeah. <laughs> team is going to be fine. But, you know, it's very fair to say that Destiny Year One was a severe love-hate experience for people, right? Like, it was generally panned. I wouldn't say panned, but it was not... Critics were lukewarm. That would be a fair thing, especially with the expansions, right? So I think the question is if they can hear some of that criticism about Destiny and go back and kind of bring it in. And I think, Maddie, you're dead on. Like, the problem is... Like it's a pain in the butt to have to go back to the tower and wait two minutes for it to load to turn in a quest, but that's not the central problem of Destiny. The problem is the story is a bunch of dra- Dungeons and Dragons nonsense, right? Like it's it's that there's no emotional investment in the the actions that I'm taking. It's that the mechanics are very oblique. It's that no one is able to you know do Prison of Elders or Vault of Glass or you know take on Crota without you know, spending an hour reading an FAQ and planning with the team first. You know, like there's there's all this accessibility stuff that they they really need to think through. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the reason that I don't think though I'm I'm all into that type of game, but I'm I just really want a game that like I'm I'm done with just hacking and slashing my way through things and just you know going through drivel. I actually care about the story and that the story is interesting and engaging. I'm at the time of my life where my time is really precious. So if I'm going to spend my time being fully immersed in a game, I want it to be worthwhile and to have a lot of things that give me that good flow-like experience while I'm playing it. And if it's lacking that, and that's what I see from Destiny, is that it doesn't pull me in as a, a game that I'm like, this is going to enhance my time. Yeah. So It might have uh, like that I could, flow I, thing that you describe if... if but everyone gets that from something right. different. No, right? No, I know. Like, I'm not it's gonna, really like, hard to predict whether or not yeah. you're going to end up feeling yeah. that way about something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whereas I love Halo. But I love Halo because I love playing with my friends and then killing them. That's my joy <laughs> from that. Oh it's God. not... Yeah. It's not actually playing the game and making a great shot. I'm like, well, you know, meh. Like, fine. You know what I mean? And then I have to go through all this jumping through hoops in order to get to the next level. I don't get anything from that anymore because I'm like, okay, I... I can get good at that at any point in time. Yeah. 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 Orc murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh. Yeah. Sorry. I had something caught in my throat because I couldn't swallow it. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's <laughs> made me cough like that. Yeah. You, know, you would think that Georgia would be all into a game where she gets to murder, you know, all kinds of aliens, but you know. It's not quite that, though, because in Orc Murder Simulation 2015, <laughs> Georgia got to hear, like, unique characterizations of every single orc. Like, that was what made Shadow of Mortar stand out, is the fact that they really personalized every this single orc is enemy interaction. to me, saying, yep. oh, yeah, I killed you. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, little man. And now, woman, you're going to, you know, I'm going to come get you again. Run away. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Which is like totally not what I want. But I do get (laughs) that it is exactly what Georgia wants. So I can respect that even though I don't understand it at all. At all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I I don't know that. I mean, first of all, it's so off-putting, all the terminology. It starts off with a very difficult area of entry because they have a lot of different terms and yeah. things they have to go mm. through that you have to learn in order to be acclimatized to the environment, which is probably not the best of strategies for getting new people to join up. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, so... a st- it's a small thing. It, it's not a small thing. It's like the thing, Steve. And I think you're right to feel bad about it. It's like, I, I mean, again, like I'm going through and researching this and it's like, can somebody <laughs> please just explain to me what in English these things are? Like I, yeah. I, I went, I phoned a friend, like I, I messaged Sharif Jackson. <laughs> you called your lifeline? Life yes. Steve used a lifeline. Did we seriously all just refer to a show that none of our listeners... <laughs> whatever. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. So so I, I messaged him. I'm like, is there anything that's just written so that a normal person could read? He's like, no, you're, you're, you're pretty much... You're out of luck. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> and, and like, I do feel this a lot with stuff like Dota. And like, it's part of why Heroes of the Storm was like refreshing to me because I right. felt like I was constantly surrounded by friends playing MOBAs where I didn't understand what the heck they were talking about. But I, but I wanted to because I wanted to be included. <laughs> but it, it's... There's just so much to learn. And that's part of why I like TOTS was because there's not that much to learn, but you still get to feel like you're part of something cool. And this, it's like, okay, great. I guess I'll just start over at the very beginning. Uh. Yeah, I remember I remember when I first started rolling with Feminist War Cult, like they were out there. I was talking to Braden. I'm like, hey, Braden, where are you up to tonight? And he's like, uh, I'm like collecting a bunch of ascendant shards so I can get this exotic energy and I can get my legendary weapon upgrade in my, you know, heavy weapon slot. And I'm like, okay, what I want you to do is to think about the sentence that you just said to me <laughs> and <laughs> think about that for a while. Because it was a ridiculous thing to say. Like, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I do have to say, it's not that complicated once you get into it. I and mean, the idea is you have weapons and you grind for the weapons and then you level the weapons and then the more the level you level the armor then the more light you get and then your your level goes up so it's it's really not that complicated once you start doing it say it has this dungeons and dragons nonsense with it like oh it's Which just I don't terrible mind. i like dungeons and dragons but oh, it's funny I hate because it. when oh. When, <laughs> because I'm with when, you. It's not my preference. <laughs> because when you like start to make like a little club that you want to exclude other people from, that's exactly what you do is you make your own terminology and then use it so that it's exclusive to you 
and it's in- inclusive to the people that are in the club and ex- like it excludes those that are not in it so you can talk your lingo and other people won't understand and it makes it much more difficult to join yeah. so for I think games, if those that- people right, really worked on their you know, Jungian self-actualization they would like, go past <laughs> that Georgia well, I mean is it is it necessarily that though because I mean sometimes it's just a it's just a shortcut right like it's just like you're talking to somebody and they you know what that means and they know what that means you don't have to use as many words especially if you're like in the middle of like yeah. a raid situation like I've take a step back but it's even like the the news stories that are written are written for they it's like they know that the only people who are reading these stories are also people who are like deep into destiny so they're writing these stories with all of this terminology and not even really making an attempt to explain it and so it's even like just trying to read up on it is so difficult to be able to get yourself into it and understand it, it it's it's definitely something that they're doing better i guess because they're combining some of these things and re- making less of these categories, at least to keep track of. But when you're somebody who's listening to somebody, two other people talk about destiny, it's like, what are you, what are you guys? I, like, I know what all those words mean, but not in that order. I have to call <laughs> complete hypocrisy with you, Steve, because I played Diablo with you online, dude. And the way you talk is like, it's no different than destiny. Like it's no different. Yeah. yeah. No, every game has it. That's what I'm it saying does. is that every game has that, but it's, but it's like the report, even like the, the reporting that's on, that's done on it is, written that way too is the thing yeah like it's one thing when you're playing which i think is less of an issue with stuff like diablo but with this it has definitely fallen down the rabbit hole and maybe it's because destiny's ultimately an mmo i mean like people in the chat room are basically saying that they think that mmos are more insular and right i this isn't the first time that i've heard that like people who get into mmos get really into one mmo usually and that's part of what makes that culture become insular which isn't necessarily a bad thing don't send me angry emails i just (laughs) it's just a pattern i've noticed (laughs) that's all i have no opinion goodbye (laughs) see i'm really excited about this the taken king it it I, I'm not sold on everything they're doing, but it looks like a really big step forward. I, I stopped playing Destiny because at a certain point, like you're just grinding for very marginally better weapons and it's just it's not fun at a certain point. So um I'm really looking forward to this. I also have to say a lot of the relay hosts are super into Destiny. Uh, you know, Dan Morin is, John Syracuse is, we're working on Mike Hurley. So um I actually reached out to Bun- Bungie this week and um you know asked him if there was any way we could have early press access so all of us at Relay could play it. So fingers crossed that they're gonna say yes to that. That would be interesting. Yeah. 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 Can I can I have a vote for Jungian self actualization as one of our names choices for this <laughs> yes. episode? Uh, make yes. that, you can make that the clan name. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we'll make a clan, Georgia. If you ever want to play Destiny, feminist war cult versus Jungian self actualization. I like that. Uh, it just fits with words that are kind of like people sort of be like, I don't understand. <laughs> I think all the time about achieving Googie and self-actualization. I really I love do. That. That's it was great. in a I got it from the Princess Diaries because yeah. she's she's like constantly <laughs> Oh, it's true. Princess Mia Grinaldi uh Ronaldo Thermopolis is constantly worrying that she's not gonna achieve Yungi and self-actualization. Uh which is why she takes a break from Michael Moskovitz her one true love. Sorry, I, I now I have to watch okay. it. Yeah, not enough people know about not- me that I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Princess Diaries novels. And I love those. And I'm a Meg Cabot mega fan. And it's really embarrassing. Oh, it's not embarrassing. It's oh, great. It's very embarrassing. Never change. Yeah. You're great. Yeah. Very embarrassing. <laughs> 
Any, Don't touch me. Anyway, before we – well, this <laughs> this is not an ad for The Princess Diaries, but we do have to tell you about Squarespace. Yay! On which you could make a Princess Diaries fan site if you wanted to with relative ease. Yeah, or you could write your own Princess Diaries fanfic if you wanted to. That's and then post true. It on the website. No, NetCabot doesn't like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> So this episode is, in fact, brought to you by Squarespace, and you can start building your website today at squarespace.com, and you can enter offer code isometric at checkout to get 10% off. And if you want to see all the amazing things you can do with Squarespace, you too can spread uh, slander and libel on the internet by posting uh, incriminating evidence about one of your co-hosts on Squarespace like we did at fandas.biz, and then you can sell that incriminating evidence to... <laughs> to oh two God. listeners and we know i know we've gotten at least one confirmed sale so we know that oh, they're either a lot of they're... money from that sale <laughs> thank you for supporting isometric and the truth <laughs> <laughs> anyway continue steve my apologies my apologies you could use their their built-in e-commerce <laughs> to sell whatever you want whether it's you know physical goods or you know dossiers about georgia dow and <laughs> You know, it's all super easy. I, you know, there's no coding required. You can just pick a template and go. It is as easy as you could possibly imagine. Could be up and running with a site in 15 minutes, and then spreading your misinformation across the web. Also, <laughs> misinformation? No, no, no. No, These oh, you, well, you I would worry. spread real information. We're we're of spreading course. our version of the truth, of course. Right, right. I worry, right. I worry about googling myself after that. Really, you you should actually. <laughs> that you should be very concerned about that. You can just explain to your clients that it's some other Georgia Dow who's right. on a very silly right. that looks exactly yeah. like no me relation. in a Yeti suit. Yeah. Sort of yeah. an evil right. twin scenario. Yeah, right. yeah well, I was, right. I was really thinking about putting on fandas.biz, and Frank talked me out of it, but I still think it's a great idea. And you could do this on your own Squarespace site with your own podcast host. So I was thinking about <laughs> putting a picture of a tire on Squarespace and selling... Steve Lubitz's Accord tire on Fandas.biz <laughs> for like $200 and just see what happened. And then, like, they get it? what do they get? They would get Steve's tire. Like, you would have to sell them well, his no. tire. I, I want you to know, Bree, that I have a whole menagerie of wildlife protecting my house at this point. We have, yeah. We've just had to deal with a nest of yellow jackets, and apparently we have a black bear wandering around our neighborhood. No joke, Whoa. seriously. But you wouldn't cheat the fandas, Steve, that paid good money for your tire. Hey, if they can get past the bear and the bees, then they can go ahead and take the tire. Unless there's a panda guarding your area, they will... Well, it's not a panda. Want... It's a black bear, which is almost a real bear. If you want to buy Steve's tire, email me, and we'll make it happen. You put that in the survey if you, if you want to. Yeah, you want to put that in the survey. There's a As writing one of the question. you want to see. Yeah, yeah, add that in. So anyway, so they have they have a lot of awesome features. They have 24-7 support in New York, Dublin, and Portland that are there to help you, uh, whether you're trying to sell my tire or not. And you can sell my tire with their their commerce platform. You can set up one a one-page cover page. You can set up a blog. Everything just works, and it's awesome. And they even have the dev platform, which is out of beta, so that if you are don't see what you want, you can just customize it and do whatever you want. So uh, plans start at just $8 a month. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. There's really no reason to put it off. If you've been thinking about getting your website, you should just go ahead and do it. You can start a trial right now with no credit card required and just start building your website today. So go to squarespace.com. Uh, when you do decide to sign up, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for isometric. And thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay.fm. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. Bye, Steve's so, tired. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm glad okay. I bought the tire insurance on this car now. <laughs> tire insurance? That's a real thing? That, oh, okay. that's a real thing. When you go to buy a car, that's a thing that they sell you that I got talked into. I don't think Dude, I have it. I'm just trying to bring some excitement into your life. You know, <laughs> like, I'm just, this is a service that I provide to you in Georgia and Natty. You don't know what you're in for every week. You don't. It's true. Yeah. We it's really Bri- don't. Brianna's is chaos delivery. We right. literally don't. Okay, so there's one more topic. Right, do we have yeah. time? Well, we're at an hour, so do we want to do that or we want to save that for next let's, week? It's up let's to you guys. cover it really quickly. Yeah, it's a quickie. I'm just going to talk about this article I wrote again. That's yeah. cool, right? <laughs> so anyway, give me a page view because that's very important. Um, so I reviewed Life is Strange episode four, which I talked about very briefly during what we're playing Uh, on the show last week. And I did get a lot of positive feedback from people about that. So if you liked my very brief comments on it, you'll probably like my review, hopefully. Uh, So basically, I tried to write about and do some research on some of the things that happened in episode four that have been getting some criticism. Um, There is a scene at the beginning of episode four that deals with the idea of assisted suicide of a disabled person. And... um, I have heard from some people that they were really unhappy about the framing of this scene. And and so I tried to kind of navigate that in the review a little bit and, and put in a link. Um, obviously not an expert on that at all, but there are people who are, and I think it's important to listen to them for sure. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's not the only thing about Life is Strange that has given me pause. I talked on the last week's show about how even though it's a game that's about female characters, which is the best thing about it that I love about it is is that there is sort of this female character lead who reminds me of myself when I was a teenager, which is very, very cool and validating to play. Um, she and her female friends keep ending up in these situations where they're uh, like <laughs> about to be sexually assaulted or like about to be killed or whatever. And like the conclusion of episode four I mean, I'm not really spoiling anything to say this, but but a, an ongoing plot line in Life is Strange is that Max, who's a girl, her full name's Maxine, um, and her best friend Chloe ha- are tracking down this guy who they think is a serial rapist or possibly serial sexual predator. It's not super clear which which. Um, so anyway, that's that's the main storyline. And at the end of episode four... Um, there's some like implied stuff that happens that's really shocking. <laughs> I bet you can guess what it might be. So, uh, I, I mean, like a lot of people are talking about that. So, so I did talk about that in the review somewhat. And I guess the conclusion that I drew, at least in my review, and like, obviously everyone on the show has different opinions, but my conclusion was pretty much, I'm okay with this game existing. I just think it's really important that we frame the game as being, sort of a soap opera style game as opposed to a more realistic portrayal of what it's like to be a teenage girl because these girls are very frequently being put in these really high stakes, really emotional situations that I think are done to make the player feel emotionally manipulated. And and that's okay. It's one way to tell a very particular kind of story that I might describe as being soap opera like, like Gossip Girl was one of the comparisons that I gave in the piece. Um, and there's a, there's a place for that kind of media. But since I'm seeing Life is Strange framed so often as like 
this really great feminist story. I, I guess I just want to like slightly correct that framing and say, no, it's a little bit closer to Gossip Girl, which I would also say is not great feminist media, but it is media about teenage girls. And, you know, I watched all of Gossip Girl, so I'm not going to judge that. Anyway, what did everybody else think? <laughs> I mean, I, I've been um, like really going through Life is Strange. Like I played the first episode and then something I really don't like about the episodic download uh, model is if I like I would have played all the way through Life is Strange the instant I got it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I just hate this model. So I, do too. You know, <laughs> I picked it up and I collected the bottles and I guessed what's in, you know, your friend's pockets. And, you know, like I, I've, I've been going through the whole game. Um, I guess I would say this from my, from my perspective, I'm so torn with this game because sometimes the dialogue feels so real Mm -hmm. and I love it because they portray Max and Chloe and Kate and all the women in it as people first Mm -hmm. which is something we so desperately need in video games it's something I think we succeeded at with Revolution 60 is you know always portraying you know the women as people with emotions and motivations that are their own that said um, you know like episode 2 starts off with Max taking a shower and it's not that women don't take showers it's (laughs) that that's a kind of scene i would not include in one of my games because it's just it's just weird you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not that it's weird it's a it's a something that's culturally coded and it just if you're trying to portray women as people first like steering away from those kind of sexual situations is really important i think and that's where it becomes really apparent that this is essentially a group of guys you know at don't nod that are they're writing these characters so with all of the the victories of this game with everything that it does well um, I, I think it's fair to say it misses the mark on a few things. And, um, you know, Maddie, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I have heard so much frustration from my friends about the way that um, you know, they saw this, this suicide portrayed. You know, it's a really good lesson that there is no substitute for having lived experience on your dev team when Mm -hmm. we release our next game you know we will have black characters in whatever my studio does next and by god you know we will bring in people to like say is this right is this true are we inadvertently sending signals that we may not want to be sending here yeah and i think just as a developer that's such a, a critical part of the the process do you know where i'm coming from i do and i was at game loop this past weekend and i was at a panel by um khadija uh, I'm trying to remember her last name, but she's Kakov, uh, K-H-A-K-H-O-V on Twitter. Um, and she ran a panel about writing for cultures that aren't yours. And she talked about how she had played this game featuring Bollywood recently in, in an offensive way. Um, and something that came out of that panel that I thought was really interesting was basically the conclusion that if your entire game hinges on an experience that isn't yours, then you really can't do it without hiring a consultant and preferably getting that consultant to be a full-timer who's running your game. Absolutely. However, if you're, let's say, a white person and you want to have a cast of characters and one of them's an Indian character, 
it's okay to just hire sort of a part-timer and and it's okay if that's not what your entire game is about. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a sort of the difference between, I mean, ideally you'd be hiring cultural consultants every time or hiring women. If you're just writing like white women characters, hire white women, I guess. I mean, that's basically what life is strange is about. It's about white girls, but Mm -hmm. they don't even have white girls on their team. But anyway, anyway. um, So ideally if you're writing like characters of color and you're a white person, you'd be hiring these cultural consultants to come in or full-time staff to help you write write those characters. But if your entire game is about that, and in this case, Life is Strange, the entire game is about these teenage girls and the experience of very young girls. Like, that's what the whole game is about. And they don't have any women on staff. They don't even have, like... Uh, conventionally attractive cisgendered white woman on staff. Like they don't even have what we sort of unfortunately see as the quote unquote bare minimum, which isn't right by the way, but they don't even have that. And like, they have also been kind of defensive about the criticism too. And like, it kind of doesn't seem that hard for them to have met that quota though. So I guess I'm really baffled by the criticism and like, I don't know. I know that people have been like, oh, you're being too hard on them. And I'm like, really? Because I feel like I'm actually saying something that's super bare minimum and not even really enough. Like if they had one woman writer. Well, I think it's 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 a good game. It's a good game overall. And overall, the portrayal is a huge step forward. And I do I do think they deserve praise for that. It's it's it just shows the need. There's there's no substitute for lived experiences. There's just not, you know. So uh, I don't know. Um, I think playing through the whole game, like just to get away from the whole, you know, maybe the representation isn't the best. Um, you know, there are a lot of choices in this game um, that I think just don't make good gameplay. And it's it's some tendencies I see Telltale making too. Like a, a really good example is before um, I did Isometric, I spent 30 minutes looking around a junkyard for five bottles, which is just terrible gameplay. Yeah, I hated that minigame too. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and there are, there are moments like this in the game. And as much as I've been an advocate for a long time about streamlining and simplifying gameplay, which I think this uh, Life is Strange does really beautifully. Um, I think, like, there's a reason in Rev 60, like, when you, we don't have any hunt for items puzzles, because I think they're terrible. And when, Mm -hmm. like, you fail an event, we don't, you know, make you start over and repeat the event, because I think that's also really dated gameplay. Mm -hmm. So, um, as much as I like this idea, um, I really feel that rather than Life is Strange being, like, the, um, the poster child for, like, the kind of games that we're moving towards... I think of it as more of like a really beautiful, important first step in this direction. Yeah. And I love this game. And I think the best is yet to come. And yeah, my hope is like, don't non can take the success of this, this game and maybe make some changes and like continue to do awesome work. Yeah, I hope so too. And I, I hope that maybe they can take some of the money from this and like potentially hire some consultants next time because I, I see them getting defensive and I'm like, there's actually a way to fix this next time you guys make a game like you can fix this. So just, you know, I would love to see them approach it from that angle next time, because I mean, I really liked the idea behind Remember Me, too. And like there were some problems with it, even story wise that I had. But but I like the ideas and I think their hearts are in the right place. But that's part of why I think it's possible for them to go the extra mile and actually do even better. You know? Yeah. They'll, they'll get my money from here on out. So, you know, like they're, uh, I will very happily pay for their games. So. 
Okay. Cool. Should we do while we're playing? Yeah. So let's let's do that, and then we. Wait, will... Steve. I had to ask. Like, have you not played Life is Strange? You know what happened is I played the first episode, and yeah. I was, I I liked the story. I was kind of so so on the gameplay, and then what happened is that I got into it, and I was at a point where I would have kept playing if there was more there. But having it be episodic, like I got yeah. out of a, I got out of a groove with it, and then. Both the combination of just it not being right there next to it, like maybe if I'd waited until the whole season was over. It's still not over. So I almost would recommend to you, honestly, like wait until it's done and then maybe see what the reception is then. And like, I hate to say that, but I, because each episode has been so hit or miss with me, like episode two, I really didn't like. And then episode three, I really liked, except for the twist ending. I didn't like. And then episode four also had parts I liked and didn't like. So I'm like, I don't even know if I can recommend this game or not. I feel like I'm not going to know until episode five is out. Um, And it's not, it's not going to be out for a little bit because each episode has been a month or two apart. Right. So there was, so there was that. And there was also like hearing all of the, you know, all the stuff that happened in episode two. It was kind of like, from I. From me, probably. From, from you, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it's the kind of thing that, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and how that's just yeah. the kind of stuff that I don't like to consume because like I have enough going on that I don't, I don't find myself drawn to stuff that is emotionally draining. And like literally traumatic. Yeah. yeah like obviously we're, I'm probably going to end up playing it at some point. Cause I'm sure that we're going to be talking about it in the context of the game of the year show. Well, maybe, I don't know if I'd vote for it, but it's like for me to get myself up to, I, I feel like I have to kind of like psych myself up for it. And I haven't really been in a place where I could do that yet. Is, yeah. Is, you know, it, yeah, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. I hear you. I, I will play episode five cause they send me review codes and I will definitely update everybody at that time. But, um, it is possible that in episode five, there'll be a really cool subversive ending. I, that could happen. But from what I've seen so far, I don't have much hope for that right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Mine was, it was a, it was a very interesting game. I thought that it was intriguing. I liked that it was different, but you know, I played some of it and I was like, okay, that was good. I don't need to complete everything in the story for me to feel complete. Yeah. And also I think the first episode was probably the strongest in some ways. And I think that's probably what a lot of people played and then stopped, which is kind of too bad. But I guess don't not got that money, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I love I love that they they thought outside of the box for things. So I think that's really cool. But all right, all right. So let's talk about what we're playing. So Georgia, why don't you why don't you get us started? Because we haven't heard what you've been playing in like two weeks. So what are you what have you been playing this week? <laughs> okay, well, Steve, you just got me on to the Cubert reboot. Yay! Um, I've been playing it the entire time, and. Uh, what on during the show? No, no, before the show. <laughs> I, before the, I would you never were quiet for this last second. Yeah, yeah, we discovered oh, your you dirty secret. Quiet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna confirm or deny that. Um, okay. So okay. the only thing is that it is filled with ads, so it's much better to just. I'll give. Let me give you money. Can't you? I thought I saw an in-app purchase that you could remove the ads for ninety-nine cents. Yeah, which I will. I okay. I haven't had the time yet to. But <laughs> you're um, too busy playing it. You don't even <laughs> no. have the time. Would never that do takes that. thirty seconds. Georgia I know. Dow. No. she doesn't have the time. No. Oh. 
I'm sorry, Maddie. Georgia Dow is a busy. A busy Look, woman. I, I, I'm, yeah. I understand. I, I wouldn't presume to know yeah. how busy Georgia is. Oh God! Yeah. You know the sharks don't have time for Georgia to be removing ads. They need her to get the cubert played. You know, right, that's true. Right, that's right. true. That would, you know, you got to do that. My my only quip with it is that on the classic version, the timing is actually wrong of all of the creatures. So all of my base level patterns to get through all of the levels don't work which the the which is annoying if you actually used to play cubert i'm sure almost no <laughs> our listeners did so then it will be fine the control is great the control is really good it's actually easier than the arcade version of cubert because it's hexagonal and you have to go like lean to the opposite sides which was really really difficult unless you had your joystick cut uh the inside little piece of where an arcade joystick was cut properly um and so that was really good. The gameplay was really, really cute, but it is often different to that. So besides the ads, good game. Did you play the rebooted version too or just the classic one? Well, besides that, I've been like at like like playing real life video games. Like I was at Islands of Adventure and Universal. And so I got to play, they did four they had forty rides. And so I got to go on um some of the coolest rides in the whole world. Um, so they have the Harry Potter world open, yep. and it is love that absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. did you amazing. get the did you get the the wand so you could like? Do I didn't the, do the, the wand, and I didn't buy oh, a wand. You should have stopped by Boston and we'll let you mine. <laughs> have the Voldemort wand. Yeah, it's if, if you are, yeah. I, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm not either. I don't and, know but I loved it. it. Yeah. The world, the the animation, everything was absolutely amazing. And the Harry Potter rides were my favorite rides. The actual lines that to wait for the rides were almost as good as the rides themselves. They have in every area that you are, there's rooms, there's the 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 sorting hat is talking to you, the pictures on the walls are talking to other. They have the video of actually like Hermione and Harry Potter, and there's uh, it is amazing. And the Transformer ride was also... Decent? Decent? No, no, no. It was great. Really? It I was think it's nice because the Spider-Man ride. I don't like the Spider-Man ride because you can tell that it's an older ride, and so the video frame rate is a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. And you can sell that, tell that it's, like, not at, like, you know, 40. Like, it's, like, it is really not an HD screen thing, so that bothers me. So I think, though they're, they're almost exactly the same ride... The Transformer one was much better because I could feel like I was in the video, whereas the other one I was like, oh, he's a little fuzzy. His head's a little fuzzy. So it took me out. I knew it was a screen. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like the difference between Soren and Star Tours at Disney. Yes, and the the same same thing thing. for the Simpsons ride, though I am not a huge Simpsons fan either. But that ride was amazing. I was holding on to the edge, though I know I'm not actually on a roller coaster. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then they even had Scent. The Minions ride was also good. Uh, that is the way I want video games. I want them to add video like I like guns so I can actually shoot or interact with more. And that would be it for me. I would be there all day. So do you know the Minion tried um, when you do that, the video of the woman that gets hit by the Minion tried at the very beginning? That's yeah. uh, Maryev, who is Amelia in Revolution 60. No True story. Way. Yeah, true story. Oh, I wish I knew that before. Yeah, That's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's very awesome. cool. Very, I don't know. Very cool. There's also the Aliens arcade over at Islands Adventure. Yes. The Aliens game is really good. Yes. Uh, I don't know. We, we need to have there. a discussion yeah. at some point. Probably not now because we're already... Because we're already running long, but we need to have a discussion right. about the Star Wars land that's opening up at Disney World. <gasps> oh my god! <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been covering that 
at the Mary Sue. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to go. This is my year. Are you really? Well, I'm probably going <laughs> to go. Should we, can we do like at the Star Wars place? Can I'm we probably, do like an isometric but not have Maddie there? We should do that. Yeah. We should do that. I, I think I'm probably going to go to Disney World and not land, but I don't know. I'm, I'm legitimately planning it. It's well, we really happening. I will definitely and none of you are invited. We can all go to Star Wars <laughs> land a separate time. You're going to do the show from there without us is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> I am. Thank you very much. I won't even warn you ahead of time. I'll just call you and be like, guess where I am. <laughs> well, we can tell from your bad Wi-Fi that you must be in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so, Maddie, what are you playing this week? Um, okay, so I was like so busy making that survey, you guys. I just didn't have any time to play anything besides Street Fighter Four. How do they? I'm how so do they? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I did play Maddie, a ton of Street I'm Fighter Four. Your I'm house sorry. And steal your disc. This I know. Is a this is I know. A yeah. Can I just? Okay, I asked on Twitter if it was okay if I talked about Street Fighter Four again, and nobody told me they were annoyed by it. So if you are did annoyed by it, did anyone say yes? You yes, multiple people said yes. Okay, multiple people said yes. Okay, and so you should tell me in the survey <laughs> if you're sick of hearing about it. But before before I pass off the mic to somebody else, I just have a question about it. Um, and if you know the answer, then let me know because I tried to Google it and I can't figure it out, and it's really bugging me. So Zach means Sakura, and I've been playing a bunch of Ibuki lately, but um. I still have my old standbys, which are Chun-Li and Poison and Blanca. But um, I've been enjoying Ibuki. But one thing that I can't figure out about Ibuki is that her focus attack seems really crappy. And I can't tell if it's just my game. And I think it might be because I can't find anything to explain the stuff that's been happening to me in matches, which is basically... A focus attack is supposed to absorb one attack, at least one attack. And obviously, if somebody hits you with two hits, it stops the focus attack. But Zach can stop me with a crouching medium kick if I'm doing a focus. And that makes no freaking sense to me. And well, I don't. Because Ibuki's health is, uh, she's lower tier. Like she has, I is that why? Values. She has, I think it's 80 health point. I've, oh, it's been so long since I've looked this up. But like, no, focus thank attacks, you. Focus attacks breaking it are a percentage of your main health. It's not the number of hits. It's ah. the percentage of damage that it does. That's my theory about it. But, you know, Ibuki is a, you know, she's more of a combo character as right, opposed right. to a rushdown character. So, um, well, she's I don't kind know. of a little yeah. of both. She's sort yeah. of an unusual character because she's got some rushdown moves and she's got a bunch of combos. So it's sort of a tricky way to play. And obviously, I'm still figuring it out. But, um, yeah, the crouching medium kick, it doesn't hit twice that i can tell um it just must be powerful enough that it works but that's so bonkers sakura is op whatever um anyway that's yeah, clearly not is. true she's not um can i ask anyway. a quick question yeah like poison have you figured out a good way to use her um you know the leaping leg move that depends on the strength of the kick and then she flips over if you hold it down like she'll go into a throw with it i cannot figure out an effective way to use that in a fight uh do you use that at all i never use it yeah like every move has a purpose with the character I just I don't it, it gets me killed every time I try it. So. <laughs> yeah, overheads are always risky. You're talking about like her overhead thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like against any character who's got like a quick anti-air, then you're just like going to be screwed every time. But I'm always doing risky jump-ins because Ooh. I get impatient and yeah. people will bait me with fireballs and by people I guess I mean Zach. <laughs> Zach will bait me with fireballs and then I have to jump in and then he just does Sakura's punch up and then I die. But whatever. When I'm patient, 
Or when I'm playing as Blanca, I can I can win because Blanca like is a fireball. He can just do a lot of jump ins that are risky, but also uh, really effective and hard to predict because he has like the multiple jump ins. Anyway, anyway, no one cares but us. So somebody else talk about a video game. All right. So, Brie, what are you playing this week? Um, so I don't know if everyone has noticed, but I've just, I've had a point with Twitter where I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm, I, I just get so many death threats and I just get so much negativity sent to me on Twitter that, um, yeah, I played down last, uh, last Friday and I just, I haven't picked it back up. Like I passed it over to my assistant. She's running the account. And, um, so what I've been doing in the evenings rather than, uh, you know, spending time on Twitter is I've been beating Final Fantasy Tactics for the eight millionth time in my life on that is my, a good game, uh, on my Vita. Oh, it's so good. That's, it's a, a, that's it's, a good game to chill it's out. It's a on. masterpiece. It's a yeah. masterpiece. A um, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, I've been working on Zerging Life is Strange to talk about it on Isometric today. I've also gotten really back into Titanfall. Um, you know, I kind of put it down for a while and, um, you know, I upped my Xbox Live Gold. Um, it is a really, really good game, guys. Like, it is, it is a really, really exceptional game. I started, uh, playing what is the equivalent of their Horde mode, which is, um, Frontier Defense. And, yeah, Maddie, do you like Horde mode in Gears of War? I do, yeah. Yeah, um, which is cooperative rather than, yeah, P versus P. Um, it's it's really fun because it 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 requires your ability to like rodeo titans and um you know like using the smart pistol to take out minions um but even even playing hardpoint in Titanfall is exceptional and I I really can't stress it enough like it is worth buying an Xbox One for like that game is that good um also like okay so do you know how you you rodeo a titan in Titanfall like if you're a pilot you jump on the the the, the titan and then you pull out the corn and you start shooting it. So I'm always on the lookout for new mania games in the woo marriage. You know, we have pillow mania <laughs> and we have monster mania. Of course. And now, now we've come out with uh, rodeo mania. So the idea is when Frank's not paying attention, you come up behind him and you jump on him and you wrap your legs around him, then, then you start punching him in the kidney. And the idea is to do that 20 times in a row. That sounds really so, romantic. I can totally yeah, see um, Frank, like, trying to wreath and trying to get get you off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Serpentine, serpentine. Yeah. I can kind of envision this on a Hallmark card, actually. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really <laughs> that sweet. That could be like, yeah, the holiday, you know, those holiday cards that they send yeah. out about the family. <laughs> the Wu family Christmas card. Right. I mean, what do I? I don't understand what other marriages do. What do you do? Play Street Fighter. Okay, mm. that's acceptable. But you know, I'm not married, so yeah. I mean, I still on. live in the wild virtual world of singledom, single Street Fighter <laughs> matches. Yeah. Come no, we do crazy, so I really silly things as well. We really do. Do you do you jump on him and punch him in the kidneys? Well, we we fight like for a living, right? We all do martial arts, so that's just like that's like a Tuesday for us. Okay, yeah. but no, we'll have pillow fights. I'll hide. I like to, my favorite thing is actually I like to like 
our eyes are made, this is, I'm sorry, I'm going to go over, but our eyes are made to see movement, right? So if you hide, you can try this all out to a mate that does not have heart problems. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but if you hide in an area that's a little bit dark and totally don't move, even though you are completely able to be seen and you just stand there, don't move, they will walk by you because our eyes are made to see movement first, then shapes of people. So they're going to walk right by you and then they'll be like, I think there's someone there and turn around and get the shock of their life. And doing that in a dark area around a corner is brilliantly good. But be careful. Don't get in range of punching because I did get punched in the nose once really hard. I know oh, I completely no. deserved yeah, it. Yeah. Lots of Brianna doing that 1,000%. But I love doing Georgia, that, especially in the middle of the night. It's terrifying. Brilliant. You're both driving, terrifying. Yeah, I was driving home from the gym today. And Frank texted me this uh, this picture of um, of him working on his computer, and um, this is like it's six o'clock, so I'm usually home at this time. So I pulled over. And I go and I start texting. I'm like, "Wait, are you in the house? I'm in the bedroom. I didn't hear you come in." <laughs> and then he starts like running. It's like. Wait, you're not in the bedroom. Where are you? I'm like, where are oh you talking God. about? I'm, I'm in, in the, the living room. <laughs> I'm, I'm downstairs. And then, oh like, God. I have him running all over the house. And that he's is like, so funny. I'm yelling. Can you hear my voice? And I'm like, yeah. And it was like, we've been, <laughs> we've been going all through Lost. So I was trying to, like, mess with this mind. Oh and God. then I just walked in the front door. <laughs> and he was all mad. And you were like, I was stand- I got, I snuck outside. Yeah. So you were just was, you were just being kind though. You just wanted to make sure he got all yeah. the the exercise that he needed yeah. for the day. <laughs> Trying yeah. to make sure his health, he got yeah. it, he got his heart rate up to the target. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think this is all fine so long as you have pranking established as being part of your relationship. Don't introduce it without warning. But once it's been introduced, all bets are off. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Now Steve? we come to the end of the show. Oh, Wait, did Steve say what he played? Oh, yeah, oh, no. Steve, what have you been playing? Sorry. <laughs> so I, uh, okay, guys, so I, everyone, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving. It doesn't really matter anyway. Um, so I've been, I, I started playing that uh, Pac-Man 256 game that came out from the Crossy really Road guys. Good. yeah. Which is so good. Really good. It's really, 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 good. really I, good. I honestly, it's better than any Pac-Man game that they've come out with on iOS. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I was kind of worried when I saw it because I'm like, well, they're they're introducing power-ups that you have to pay for. But, you know, everything is really – like there are credits that you can use to use the power-ups, but you can buy unlimited credits for $8, which is – it. this game is worth $8 easily. It's worth more than that. And it's a lot of fun. They really get the spirit of Pac-Man really well. And I like that they they have all these different color ghosts, like have different movement patterns that you pick up on. Like there are some that just kind of hide and then jump out at you when you get close. And there's some that will go only in a straight line so you can kind of dodge around them. And there's some that travel in packs. It's really, really awesomely well done. And and I I know that that's kind of the that the glitch the kill screen is kind of the the gimmick of the game, but it is pretty cool seeing the the kill screen kind of coming up from the bottom of the screen and the whole screen starts like flickering and glitching out when it starts getting close to you. It's just That's it's cool. really, really well done. I can't recommend it enough. Huh. And huh. Um, other than that, we've been Maureen's been in, uh, continuing down her Hearthstone uh, journey to the point where she was calling me on my way home. Uh, yesterday when they released the, a mode that previewed some of the cards in the new expansion, like all excited. And so she's like hit level 20 with one of her characters and she's like got like 700 gold hoarded up for the, for the expansion that comes out on Monday. And so we were, we were looking at it and, and you'll appreciate this. So she's, 
getting into this tavern brawl mode, which is kind of like a fun mode where they're previewing the cards. Like, well, what are the odds that we would end up playing against each other? And I'm like, well, if we're not challenging each other, then probably pretty low because there's a lot of people playing. She's like, well, and I said, well, that would probably be a terrible idea anyway because then you would win and I would be sad. And she said, or, you know, you would win and then you'd be sleeping on the couch and I would draw a penis on your face in in Sharpie while you're sleeping. So (laughs) Yeah, you would both have the mature reactions (laughs) to losing. Yeah, so so based on your question from last week about whether we play each other, that's, yeah. (laughs) We, yeah, I I guess my follow-up on that is that we are very slowly getting better at that. Like, there have been, like, tantrums on both sides. Like, usually if it's marvel versus capcom i always win to the point where zach just gets really sad like just so sad (laughs) and i am more likely to get mad than sad when i lose and like he has gotten very good at sakura so he can he can kick my butt if i'm not playing as a character that i know and i can get really mad so yeah i i don't know what my advice is well that sounds like like, exactly like my situation so i think yes and no i guess it's like practice makes perfect with it like i sort of have like taught myself to not be a jerk over time i i don't know um we've just reached a detente and we just stick to co-op games and everything's fine so it's good but i i think it's also like good to try to have a mature response to losing or something something blah blah i don't yeah i try to have a mature response to losing we just we just you know let the children lose and then we take advantage of that. Right, so. right. That's that's always the easiest way. Um, does anybody have anything for housekeeping before we uh, tell we everybody where they can find us? Take our survey. Yeah. Vote for Breeze panels. Yeah, take the survey. Do they? Is the link going to be in the show notes? The link or do you will be say in the it? show notes. Uh, you will, you'll see this link in the show notes. It's again. It's survey.isometricshow.com. dot com. Are we going to leave the link? Survey dot dot com. Go now. Yeah, because we don't want people to mess with it. Um, well, if it may or may not be, but go to survey.isometricshow.com. Yeah, that's a secret link that only a listener to the show would know. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Or right. not. Maybe or it's not. everywhere. Maybe it'll I don't be know. there. Maybe it won't. But if you, either way, it's at survey.isometricshow.com. So it's really easy to remember. Um, and uh, in addition to filling out the survey, you can also uh, go and rate and review the show on iTunes. Um, that always helps us out a lot. You can find the show notes, which may or may not have a link to the survey, at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send us... Uh, your email, your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, we are, as always, part of the wonderful Relay.fm network where you can find Bree's uh, technology show Rocket along with uh, a couple of new uh, new shows. They have Liftoff, which is a show on space with Stephen Hackett and um, and Jason Snell, and also uh, Top 4 with Marco and Tiffany Arment, which are both excellent shows that you should go check out also. And uh, you can find the show's account on Twitter at isometricshow. I am Wicked Good. Uh, Brie, where can people find your assistant's tweets? Uh, yeah, well, I'm yeah. not on Twitter. It's SpaceCatGal. Okay. If you need to get in touch with me, it is Brianna at GiantSpaceCat.com. Okay. And Maddie, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, I'm on Twitter at SamusClone, and you can tell me if you're tired of hearing about SF4. You can just tell me directly. I will take your opinions and also take the survey. But also you can just tell me. I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> and Georgia, where can people tell you if they want you to talk about Street Fighter 4 or not? <laughs> You can uh, find me on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you to Braintree and Squarespace for sponsoring the show. Thank you for listening. And uh, hasta la vista, baby.
my god. So bad. We it's getting worse every week. Doing no. it. We can't. No. It's getting we worse can't. every week. We can't. No. We can't do this. Look, 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 Steve. Give us a terminated. Okay. You can okay. borrow the rocket ending for this show just to stop hurting our listeners. Like, okay. Maddie, do this with me. Okay, Maddie, okay. Georgia, this is how it happens. So I say terminated, then Maddie says terminated, then Georgia says terminated, and then the show's over, okay? Okay. So terminated. 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 <laughs> the- there we go. We'll we'll find we'll 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 figure Wait, something better out that it doesn't try involve to do me. It at like, the end. Let's have Steve do it at the end in a funny voice just for our kicks. What a hasta la vista? No, or terminated. No, go ahead. You say the same thing. Do a what? terminate. Okay. Ter- okay. Ready? Terminated. You're gonna be the end, Steve. So just because I wanna I wanna hear you try to do it because okay. that's gonna okay. make. Am me I chuckle. doing it in my own voice or am I doing it in like a dramatic voice? <laughs> a dramatic you voice, of your... course. Oh my god. Terminated. 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 <laughs> well, that was just for my own fun. That's a step up. That's a step up. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, right. The right. Voices are not my forte. This show's over. Okay. This show, right. It's, this it's show is over.